You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad and we've chatted previously with Toronto Irish players and they're about to open with their production for this season and it is The Land Grabber and it is a drama of The Land War in Ireland by James Phelan and Edward F. Barrett and it's directed by Kristen Chan and produced by Geraldine Brown and Maureen Lukey, and we've chatted with Maureen before. But we're going to start off this morning or today chatting with Kristen. And uh, the story, the synopsis is, a survivor of Ireland's famine, Johnny Foley, is driven to expand his farm and risk the censure of his neighbours and the loss of his family. And the original script by James Phelan is a reworking of a script written by his grandfather, Edward F. Barrett, and submitted to the Abbey Theatre under the direction of William Butler Yates. Christian, thanks a million for coming along for a chat. Thanks for having me. So, um, this particular production, you're directing it. Uh, do you want to give us a little bit of the feel of the challenges and what you have found in it and uh, how it's been coming together? Oh, sure. Um, so, I'm really excited to be working on this show as my first time directing, actually, with Toronto Irish players. Um, and uh, when I first read the story... I was really intrigued just with the overall um, historical context of the of the characters and and that, that us learning about their community and the feel of the family. Uh, you mentioned about Johnny Johnny Foley's family and his experiences, and uh, I was excited because I'm actually originally from Ottawa, close to Ottawa, in a small farming community outside of the city, and so. But I don't have an Irish uh, background myself, but reading the story, it really kind of connected to me and my understanding of, of being in a small town and everybody kind of being in everyone's business uh, and knowing the history from many generations of being involved in that, um, in that type of grouping. And so I think the big thing when we first started working on this show and as I met the actors and we got into the story was this idea and the challenges of... Uh, characters not being able to see from other people's perspectives and the consequences that come up with that and not understanding the baggage that people carry into their everyday life. And so we know that Johnny Foley uh, dealt with a lot of trauma uh, coming from the famine and help, trying to help his family and helping his community. And so we see that progression of his obsession with farming and trying to nourish people in his community and others who he's dealing with who don't understand quite where he's coming from and and having their own ideas of the um, hope they have for Ireland and them trying to work through the political system um, and working through the government and in um, being involved in the land war uh, to try to help their community in a different way. So I think um, the way we approached the play was just to kind of really get into the small stories, personal stories of each character and what they have to bring into this, uh, into this play. And, and it's set, all the whole play is set inside Johnny Foley's farmhouse. And so we're, each, we're seeing the characters come in and giving their own ideas and uh, sharing their own experiences, but really having challenges seeing from other people's, other people's eyes. So the set is very kind of small and intimate, and I really wanted to invite the audience into and to feel that we're inside the home and we're, uh, we're kind of peeking into their uh, uh, conversations and things like that. So it's been a real joy to work on the show. Well, Kristen, I noticed it has a cast of 10, which is a large cast. So you're dealing with 10 uh, fictional characters, but then you're also dealing with 10 actors who have to assume these roles. So that is a, good, a big task, particularly for a community theatre. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so uh, with that group, um, I think what the first thing that we did, uh, we read the play a few times together just to kind of get to know each other as actors, as a team. And uh, my approach as, direct, as a director was to really ask a lot of questions as opposed to coming in with a set um, vision of what I wanted exactly each actor to do. So I really opened it up to us to work together on it and then to break the play into pieces so that in certain scenes, um, we were dealing with um, a few, like two or three characters on at a time, but then there were some larger scenes where we have actually all uh, nine characters are actually on stage, and there's one character who's only heard from off stage, so it's actually nine that we see. Um, and in those larger scenes, um, it was all about focusing on the, um, which is the highlight area of, of the stage and, and who's kind of the, the focused person in that moment. And so everyone else was involved to kind of paint the picture of setting this kind of tableau around the main areas of focus. And so the actors were really on board to experiment and they were always willing to try new, um, new things to move around the space. And I was telling them, you know, asking as a character how comfortable they are in this particular home of Johnny Foley's. And so we experimented with how they would move through the, the space. And because we were dealing with as well a small set, which we specifically chose to make it feel cramped. So we were dealing with that challenge of as an actor, we don't want them to be uh, falling all over each other, but also as a character, we wanted them to feel that it was quite crowded. And if they wanted to have a private conversation with three or four other people around, they'd have to move somewhere that it looked like, you know, we were trying to, to get away from others. But um, as a group, everyone worked really well together. And I think building that uh, helped with these larger scenes to kind of make it look natural and for them to all be involved in reacting to the conversation because, you could basically always hear what's happening. So really building that um, body language and facial expression for them to react to each other. So the actors themselves were really on board with um, with helping out each other um, and, and doing that. And Kristen, given that this was written originally uh, back uh, many years ago and there would have been colloquialisms, uh, were there mm-hmm. any challenges uh, that you found that in the possibility that some of the what would be Irish colloquialisms would adequately translate or that there was a danger that some of the meanings might have been lost? Well, that's a great question, actually, because because of the team and the way that we were organizing it. Again, I had a lot of help on my stage management team and my producers uh, who would often, when we read through the script, we would kind of translate everything. And even some of the actors who don't have an Irish background had questions, right? So the first thing I wanted to make sure everyone was we understood um, the meaning of it. So how would it come through um, to the audience? And because, again, I'm trying to promote this kind of story, even though it's a historical drama in Ireland, um, I'm coming from the perspective of trying to promote it for non-Irish uh, audience members to come in and say, you know, we can still experience this story and get something from it, which is why I was attracted to it so much, because it can speak to everybody. Um, so with those colloquialisms, I really think that once the actors understood and, uh, the meaning of it, that it can come across, the meaning comes across, because it's through tone, it's through reaction, it's through that. Um, and so I have seen some um, plays where they have kind of almost a translation, you know, in the program. But for this one in particular, I think the way James wrote it, he wanted to attract to the modern audience. And so I think he did it in a way that it was really effective. 
that the language itself, we won't get lost in it. We'll be able to follow the story. And I think that was a, a great uh, choice on his part. Well, Kristen, uh, thanks a million for taking the time for chatting because I know you're busy preparing for opening night, which is on Valentine's yeah. night, February 14th. That's right. You're running until March 2nd, and it will be at the Alumni Theatre in Toronto, which is at 70 Berkeley Street. For tickets, it's 416-440-2888 at www.torontoirishplayers.com. We've been chatting with the director of The Land Grabber, uh, Kristen Chan. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you very much for having me. You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad, and we heard there from Kristen, who is the director of The Land Grabber. Well, the co-producer is Geraldine Brown, and... Uh, the producer and the director, while working hand-in-hand, hand, the producer has a very different role. So, Geraldine, thanks a million for coming along and sharing some of what you've been involved in in this. Well, thank you, Austin, for having us on. So, what's your job and what have you been doing? So, my job as co-producer, we're involved from day one. Uh, we get to interview people who are interested in directing the play, so... We start off by picking the director, and then we have to get uh, lighting designers, set designers, sound designers, costume designers, um, a cast, of course, as well. So everything that happens kind of behind the scenes is the producer's job. So cook and bottle washer. Yeah, yes, and if anything goes wrong, it's, oh, get the producer. <laughs> <laughs> so did this play present many challenges from a production perspective? It did, because it's a new piece, so we had nothing to refer back to, first of all. Um, it's set in 1880s Ireland, so, you know, trying to get pictures from back then to give us an idea of what we wanted in the set design and stuff as well. So, um, it did, but it was very good in that um, James, who wrote the play initially, it was a play his grandfather wrote, so he had notes um, from back then. Right. And um, then when it would come to designing the set uh, while the, uh, the director would give the direction, you'd have to pull together the crew and everything else to make it happen. Correct, yes. Um, she gave us an idea of what she wanted, so luckily we've got some good people on board who have been around for a long time and give lots of ideas and eventually we got the set together and actually putting it together right now in the theatre, so Right. So uh, I've often heard that when um, when opening night happens, that's really the director's work is done at that stage, but the producer's work is not. The producer's work is not done until the final um, monies are tallied and the handover to the treasurer of the group. So, you know, <laughs> um, the director is finished on opening night, but the producer is the last person to end the last bill. Right, right. So um, uh, the the word has been out, and what has they are the um, early bookings? Hopefully, they're doing quite well. They're doing well. Um, this time of year, you always run into the weather problem. Um, people tend to wait and see 
they don't want to book tickets in case there's a big snowstorm, so they leave it to last minute this time of year. But they're going up reasonably well. We obviously would like if there was more tickets sold at this stage, but we'll keep plugging and get the word out there, and that's all we can do. And, of course, if anyone does want to get tickets, the number is 416-440-2888, and that is at www.torontoirishplayers.com. And it's running from February 14th to March 2nd. So, um, is, so how's the opening night? Like if someone wants to do something on Valentine's night, uh, there are two, there's two seats available? There are two seats available. And actually, a Valentine's night is our kind of preview uh, night, two-for-one tickets. So if you wanted to um, come and see an Irish play with your sweetheart, there will be seats there. Fantastic. Um well, Geraldine, tremendous work. It's always great to see the, the Toronto Irish players putting out productions because theatre is such a challenge and um, there has been a good influx of people coming from Ireland. And are you able to draw on or have, you, have any of those been showing interest in getting involved in the Toronto Irish players? We've had one or two people, not as many as we would like. Um, the young people tend to gravitate towards the GAA. They're not that interested in the theatre. But so we've been lucky. We've got um, a few young people, and they're really enjoying the experience. And actually, Donna O'Regan is from Cork originally. Uh, her first show was, was Dancing at Lunacy, and she's back for a second play with us. And is loving the experience. So hopefully people like Donna will get the word out there again and get more young people. Indeed. Well, again, as we say, uh, it's at the Alumni Theatre, which is on 70 Berkeley Street. Tickets 416-440-2888. And that is www.torontoirishplayers.com, running February 14 to March 2nd. And as with most theatre, I would take it there is no performance on Mondays. Um, are there other days that the stage is dark? There are actually, we just do weekends, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, for the three weekends. And we have a matinee on February the 17th and February the 24th at 2 p.m. Excellent. Well, Geraldine, thanks a million for taking the time for chatting. Wishing you every success. I'm hopeful we get down and be able to enjoy this. We're looking at coming. Now, we're, we're gearing for the last day of, of February, if we can get there for that night. Lovely. Well, we'd love to see you. We'd love to have you. And thank you very much for having us on your show. You're welcome. Thanks, Geraldine.